Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is on vacation this week. Today, we are joined by political scientists from Sonoma State University, Dr. David McEwen. As we look back at 2022 and the year in California politics, the Golden State has experienced highs and lows throughout a period defined by many challenges, uh, disasters, the midterm elections, as well as the persistence of COVID. And yet we have also seen the rise of new actors and personalities in public life. And while California sometimes experiences political earthquakes of sorts, there is now a pause in campaigns and elections. We see new leaders and new office holders emerging at a pivotal time for California. Professor McEwen, what changes are we seeing now that are affecting conditions for next year? Well, good afternoon, Brett and Patty. And as we look at California, you know, about every 10 to 15 years in the modern era, we we get these political earthquakes, Proposition 13, term limits, uh, the recall of Gray Davis, 2003. And we've also seen during that time California become much more democratic. It's not just blue. It's much more deeply blue with new types of members and new types of Democrats, for example, Democrats that are much closer to, say, Bernie Sanders at the local level than they are, say, uh, Joe Biden at some levels. And this has presented some challenges for the GOP in California. And as we look at next week and what's going to happen in the nation's capital as Republicans take over the House and Kevin McCarthy becomes the presumptive speaker, there are some lessons from California for Washington, D.C., for both parties. And today's guests, I think, can lay out some of that context and how we got here and where we're headed. We're going to talk more about that right now. We are going to turn to the KCBS Ring Central Newsline and bring in our guest, political strategist and consultant, Gary South. Thank you so much for talking to us this afternoon. Next week, the Republicans are taking over the House. What dynamics do you see affecting the next Congress as we head to January 3rd? Well, good afternoon, Patty. Um, The takeover of the House by the Republicans is obviously going to be painful for Democrats because they lose all the levers of control for the first time in four years, the speakership, uh, committee chairmanships, committee majorities, and the ability to control um, floor debate and the flow of legislation. Um, And we have to remember that the so-called Freedom Caucus uh, on the Republican side, that is basically a bunch of about 40, 44-some members of the most far-right um, uh, part of the party, essentially drove the last two GOP speakers out of office, Paul Ryan and John Boehner. Um, the latter to the point of actually resigning a seat and leaving early, and the former um, deciding to retire instead of seeking re-election. And in his memoir, um, John Boehner himself says about that caucus, I was living in crazy town, quote unquote, and he actually called the Republican caucus even back then a clown car I was trying to try, trying to drive, quote unquote. And this was when the Freedom Caucus was sort of just the tail trying to wag the dog 
of the more um, reasonable and sane members who then constituted the majority of the Republican House caucus. But this time around, the Freedom Caucus and the like-minded new members that were elected in this last election in November are going to be the dog with the tail consisting of what's left of the GOP members who are still basically in possession of um, their mental faculties. And you add to this to the mix McCarthy, who's who's demonstrated he's just basically kind of a gutless wonder, in my view, who'd sell his soul to the devil to become speaker. It's it's a recipe for a dysfunctional spectacle like I don't think we've ever seen before. And, you know, although you can argue this is bad for democracy, and I would, um, and it certainly isn't going to be helpful to the legislating process or the governing process, the Republicans would do well to remember that um, – the last time a GOP-led House went over the top, i.e. impeaching Bill Clinton in 1998 on the basis of a sex act, the American public was so turned off by it that Republicans actually lost seats to the Democrats in that 1998 midterm election, despite, despite Democrats controlling the White House. And in fact, it was the last time since 1934 that the President's party actually gained seats in the House. And if you remember, it was such a debacle that Speaker Newt Gingrich resigned shortly thereafter. So, you know, like physics, it's often the case in politics that every action has an equal and um, opposite reaction. So the, a principle the newly Republican-controlled House should be mindful of. Um, so we're going to, I think, be witnessing a fiasco here. And um, the saving grace may be that GOP House control will be mercifully short-lived after the majority basically makes ninnies out of themselves for the next two years. And that's my kind of unbiased democratic opinion. Gary, if we, if we look back and, and kind of bring it back home here to California, can the Republicans find relevance in this state? I mean, they've had difficulty electing someone statewide since 2006, perhaps down ballot. What do you see happening there? I don't believe they can. And if you look at the voter registration numbers, they continue to collapse. They're now down below 24% of registered voters. And part of the reason is because, you know, we have 50 states. Every state has, you know, political parties. And for a political party to be successful in the state in which they're operating, they have to be somewhat reflective of public opinion in that state. And Republicans in California continue to act like they're operating in, in Wyoming or Oklahoma or Mississippi. I mean, you can't be successful politically in, a, in any given state if you are so far out of sync with majority opinion that people just basically write you off. Um, re the Republicans, again, lost all eight statewide constitutional offices for the fourth time in a row and the fifth time in the last six elections. They have no statewide office holders. They haven't won a U.S. Senate race in California since, believe it or not, 1988, before I even moved here in 1991. So they're going in the wrong direction, and unless they're willing to make a correction and start reflecting at least to some degree um, the kind of majority political opinions that, that exist in California, um, they're not going to be successful. It's, it's the old saying, you can't sell cat food if cats don't like it. And people don't like them, and they don't like their positions on public policy issues. I want to go back to what you were saying in Congress about Speaker Ryan and Speaker Boehner uh, describing after they have left office as driving a clown car. Why do you think it's so hard for GOP leaders to speak up 
unless they are being terminated, or termed out, or, or retiring? It's a very interesting question, and one that we in the political sphere um, ponder constantly. Um, you know, for example, we now have the case of a new um, Republican member just elected from New York, George Santos, who had, it has now been discovered was lying about almost every single aspect of his background, his life, his, his ethnicity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And although a couple of newly, a member, me, newly elected um, Republican members have spoken out, um, Speaker McCarthy hasn't said a word about this. I mean, here's a guy who's basically been elected as a fraud. And why it's so hard for the Kevin McCarthy's of the world to call a spade a spade is just a mystery to me. And I've been around politics a long time. I just don't get it. I mean, it's there, there's some kind of internal editing that goes on in their heads, I guess, where they tell themselves they can't really speak out and tell the truth uh, that is so obvious to everyone else because it will somehow do them damage within the party and within their, in, in McCarthy's case, within his own um, Republican caucus. I don't know. It's just a bizarre. It's just bizarre to me. But but I mean, look, look how long it took any Republican of any note to start speaking out against Donald Trump. This is apparently kind of a genetic defect on the Republican side of the aisle. And what to attribute it to, uh, I, I wouldn't proclaim. I wouldn't proclaim to know. Well, thank you so much for joining us, our guest, Democratic political strategist and consultant Gary South. You can hear the State of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It is also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 